This is episode number 46 of the Abuse Talk podcast. Welcome to the Abuse Talk podcast. My name is Jennifer Gilmore and I turned my pain into a purpose. I'm an author and advocate for women in abusive relationships and believe that together we are louder. Each fortnight, there is a new episode on the Abuse Talk podcast featuring a series of interviews with those that work in the domestic abuse sector, getting an inside feel for what it's really like in their job role and sharing it with all of you. There's also a chance for you to join in with a conversation. By leaving a voice message, head to our website and go through Anchor. Share your thoughts. In this episode, I speak to Karen Kipping. She is a survivor of domestic abuse and has spent the past 14 years supporting people in high-risk abusive relationships, as well as training professionals on all aspects of domestic abuse. She is now a highly respected divorce coach and provides emotional support for people divorcing abusive partners and those struggling with post-separation abuse. Before we get started, I want to say a big thank you to our main sponsor, Rockpool. They deliver trauma-informed programmes across the UK and you can find out more about them at rockpool.life. And also a big thank you to Susan Rahima and Katrina Hay. They have supported the hashtag Abuse Talk tier on my Patreon account for some time now and it doesn't go unnoticed. You can find out more about that at patreon.com forward slash Jen L. Gilmore. And let's get into that conversation that I had with Karen Kipping. What is a divorce coach? How can they help you? Let's unravel that now. Karen, welcome to the podcast. It's lovely to have you. you. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, So I am Karen Kipping. Um, I am a divorce coach. Um, And if I just backtrack a little bit as to what a divorce coach is and how I got into it, um, I am a survivor of coercive control. Uh, I was in an abusive marriage for about 10 years, um, quite a long time ago now, uh, which was uh, obviously a horrible experience. Um, and back in the day then, we talked about domestic abuse even less than we do now. Um, and there were no services around at all. To, to support me at that time. So I basically muddled my way through and found my own way out of it and found what worked for me. Um, but at the time it was really difficult. I lost my house. Um, I had you know minimal contact with my daughter for quite a long time, um, was left in loads of debt and had no money. And obviously it kind of affected my mental health as well. Um, And I was very isolated, but at the same time, I was still managing to carry on with a career in the NHS. So so after I left him and I was recovering from that, I I realised that there must be other women out there that are going through similar things. So I started volunteering at my local domestic abuse charity called the Dash Charity um, in Berkshire, where I live. And uh, what I thought was just going to be a couple of hours once a week, you know, to, to help out very quickly became a career choice. And um, I trained as an 
uh, a nidva. And a nidva, for anybody that doesn't know what that is, is, is an independent domestic violence advocate. So they are the domestic abuse specialists, if you like. So um, we support people that are often very uh, in very high risk situations um, and help them with safety planning, you know, whatever they need in terms of police and social services, kind of support and advocacy. And we are basically the, the, the survivor's voice, if you like. And we work a lot on empowering um, and helping them just escape that cycle of abuse that they've been caught up in. Um, and it's very intensive support. So I did that for the last 14 years um, and helped lead the team on that and then became a trainer. So I train lots of professionals on domestic abuse as well and help them understand just what it's like to go through that and hopefully help them improve their practice and their response to people that are coming to them for help. And then about 18 months ago, I set up in private practice as well, um, after training as a coach and kind of just um, following up on it, everything that I'd been doing for the last 14 years. Um, and so, yeah, I set up as a divorce coach specializing in supporting people that were divorcing and separating from abusive and controlling partners. Um, because I guess that there was a lot of people that were going through divorce and separation, but not really understanding that what they were also experiencing was abuse. So things like emotional abuse and economic abuse and post-separation abuse, you know, and conflict around child contact, et cetera. Um, and I thought, gosh, those people must be struggling through by themselves, you know, with the only person to support them, either being friends or family, who don't really understand the systems and options and rights and all that kind of thing, or their solicitor that is probably going to charge them a fortune for crying down the phone to them, you know, and asking them for help. And really that's not the solicitor's kind of specialism. So I set it up thinking, I don't know if there's a need, if people do really need this, or is it just me assuming that people need this? And then I've literally not stopped since. I'm just inundated with people asking for help. But it's good because I can help them. So, yeah, so it's definitely working. Um, I mean, it sounds like a very, to, to me, it's a good mix, a good palette. But when you think yeah. about the experience and then obviously doing your IDVA work and then branching into, you know, divorce and um, coaching, it's it sounds like a whole long journey that you've been on to to get to this point to be honest yeah it's kind of full. I feel like it's on full circle <laughs> um and I can now help people that are exactly where I was you mm. know all those years ago and um, and people say that it's quite inspirational for them as well because they can see where I've come from mm. and you know it kind of gives them hope that actually you can get out of it and a lot of the work that I do with my coaching clients is very kind of motivational and kind of focused on rebuilding confidence, rebuilding self-esteem, 
giving them practical strategies that they can use that are going to help them get out of that situation. So it may be like practical advice around the process of divorce and maybe social care proceedings or things like that. But then it might be around how you communicate with your ex. You know, mm. you've got children together, you still, you know, end up having emails and having to discuss holidays and Christmas. And, you know, it, there's always something that mm. crops up that you need a bit of help with. Um, it's not like just divorcing a normal person, if you mm. like, uh, where you, you do the divorce, you get your decree absolute and it's done. You move on with your life. When, when you are coming out of an abusive relationship with somebody, it carries on yeah. uh, very often, you know, um, in, in practical terms because of the children. But even if you haven't got children, emotionally, you still might suffer with triggers and things like that. And you just need a few strategies and a bit of, you just want somebody to be there um, so that you just don't feel like you're on your own all the time. And that's a lot of what I do. And I think, you know, I'm here and I'm just, I'm sat here like a nodding dog, to be honest, <laughs> because I can relate to a lot of what you were saying. And, you know, I was, uh, I've thought about this quite a lot that if you were in a healthy relationship, would you necessarily end up in court? Um, you know, to do with residency and custody, or could you come to those agreements yourself? you know, if you're in a healthy relationship. And I did start to think that the more I hear, the more I think that court is a place for unhealthy relationships or severe breakdown, you know, where you can't communicate. And predominantly thinking that, I mean, I don't have any statistics, but most of those relationships have abuse on whichever side it is. And I don't feel like that's recognised much within the court setting, apart from when we go into maybe CAFCAS and um, those systems are put into play. But even with a solicitor, getting them to recognise that form of abuse, especially as we've, you know, you've mentioned sort of coercive control. And I know that's something that I experienced to get that recognised was certainly a challenge back then for me. And that was four years ago, five years ago. And I'm sure it was, um, you've mentioned it was a challenge for yourself. So I often find it, um, you know, concerning that there are vulnerable people entering the family court system with just a solicitor or nothing or family and friends and that there doesn't seem to be any kind of alternative unless it's maybe a domestic abuse support worker because you fit the category within that, you know, area. So I guess yeah. the fact that you are not only there to help with, um, you know, divorce coach sort of hat, but you've got the knowledge and the information and the background to do with the domestic abuse side. And I think that is it's just important because I don't think I mean I was saying just before if I'd have had that kind of support I think I'd have moved along a lot faster than it being dragged and going through emotional turmoil for quite some time 
And it's almost like you need somebody that understands to be able to get you from A to B quicker yeah. or efficiently. Yeah. yeah definitely. So how do you feel about the the family courts then with the work that with the work that you do? I'm 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 imagining it's a bit of a struggle. Yeah. Um, you know the challenges that come with the family courts nowadays, but you know, it's the archaic system that doesn't really understand domestic abuse. Um, and I don't sugarcoat it. For clients it's difficult it's a really difficult process to go through um, and sometimes I can help them get from A to B quicker but sometimes that's outside of my control mm-hmm. as well you know the processes are slow they are challenging um, and sometimes there comes a point where you have to just draw a line in the sand and go do you know what I can't do it anymore you know I'm done and I need to think about how I move on with the rest of my life because sometimes you can keep challenging and keep challenging, but it can seem like you're just never going to get to where you want to be. Um, and the impact of it can be more destructive than constructive. Mm. Um, not, you know, every case is different and I've supported some people and their cases have gone very well and that's great. But I'm just very kind of open and honest about each step with with the clients. Um, And we talk through all the pros and cons at each stage so that they are very clear about their options and potential outcomes, you know, as they go through. And they can make those informed choices and feel like at least they have some element of control and involvement in the process and choice um, as to how they kind of move forwards. Mm. Um, so that's really important to me um, because like you, you know, when I was going through it, I, I actually applied for a non-molestation order and I don't even remember applying for that order at the time because, you know, you get that kind of foggy brain mm. when you're, when you're in a, kind of traumatic stress state I just don't even I have no recollection of completing that paperwork going to court any of it and it was only years later when I looked at all the paperwork that it was there in front of me and I was like god I don't even remember doing that so yeah I do really believe it's so important for people to have that right support as they go Mm. through And there are different options that suit different people as well. So not everybody is going to fit the criteria for a domestic abuse service because perhaps the risk level isn't there. But what they do still need is emotional support. Um, And that could be where I come in. Or it could be that, um, yeah, they do have a great solicitor or they do have a great Mackenzie friend. Or, you know, and you kind of create a little support team around that person. Um, You know, they might have great friends and family that are really supportive, but you need different people for different things. Mm, Um, I definitely, it's almost like a a toolkit of people that, you know, it's almost like I would call it a secret weapon, but I definitely could have used that myself, to be honest. And I know we were sort of talking about that, you know, 
me you know for myself I was recognizing actually if I'd have had that support because it, it is true what you were saying about friends and family and then the solicitor and the fact that it costs to be on the mm. phone with your solicitor I learned that the hard way in the first month of um, beginning that journey and with friends and family well they're not experienced they don't know they don't know what's going on in my head and especially because at the time I didn't know anybody who had experienced anything like what I had gone through. So it's important to have people around you that understand the level of stress. Um, And I can completely resonate with what you were saying about this brain fog that you can get. I mean, I remember going into the the court sessions and just sitting there and then the next thing were ushered out and I'm like what even just happened I just don't Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't even know what happened and so it's important to have that sounding board so for anybody that wouldn't um has never heard of a divorce coach um how how does it actually work um is it to do is it you know calls is it actually in-person support what what are sort of the things that you do so um there's not very many divorce coaches around there's a lot of relationship coaches and various health coaches and what have you but actually divorce coaches there's not many of us around um but I'm part of a group of divorce coaches that are all accredited so we've been through kind of formal training for this Mm -hmm. Um, and divorce is our niche it is our specialism I suppose but each divorce coach has their own niche as well um, and so my niche is abusive and controlling relationships right. because that you know that's my area of expertise if you like but there may be other divorce coaches out there that um, you know are, are specializing in heartbreak you know or you know um, divorces when there's been infidelity and affairs and things like that um so I would say yeah do your research and find out because we all work in slightly different ways as well and offer slightly different services so for me I always offer a complimentary call to start off with to really kind of understand that person's situation and really check in whether I am the right type of support that they need or whether Mm -hmm. they actually do need a domestic abuse service because I've identified that the risk is there and Mm -hmm. maybe they just weren't recognising that. So because domestic abuse, obviously, you know, we have to think safety first. That's always a priority for me. It's not about whether I can take them on as a client. It's about whether they're safe. So that's always the first thing we do we do a risk assessment and we do safety planning and then they can either have regular contact with me so like weekly contact with me and we'll have an hour session and we will do it virtually Um, so I have clients all over the UK now uh, which is the great thing about you know these kind of virtual things now Um, And we'll talk about whatever those issues are presenting at the time. So it could be that uh, maybe the children are struggling, particularly at that time. So I'll maybe give them some resources and some tools and help and guidance as to how they can support the children. 
um, or it could be that uh, they've got court hearing coming up, so they need a bit of preparation mm -hmm. for that as to how to manage on the day and how to kind of, you know, deal with, you know, responding to, to the ex and, you know, and kind of what the day looks like and the process and all of that kind of thing. Or it could be that they have to make a decision around parenting agreements so we'll kind of look at what that might be like for them you know what what their ideal situation is like so it could be practical stuff it could be emotional support if they're having a wobbly day or you know or being really suffering with anxiety or triggers so it's whatever is going on for them at that moment mm. we will deal with so they always feel better by the end of the hour um and other, other clients will dip in and out as and when they need me. So they might be okay and then go away and be fine for a while and then something will crop up. Like, I don't know, the ex has got a new partner or, you know, they still haven't agreed holiday times and, that you know, they're really struggling. And then they'll come back and have a session and then go away again. So it's whatever works for them in terms of, their budget, their time, their, you know, capacity, you know, um, it, it is really very flexible. Um, and then I also have a private Facebook group, which again is for a bit of peer support um, mm. and they share things on the group that might help other people and give a bit of inspiration and motivation to keep going. Um, and then I have a newsletter as well once a month. So that comes out with, again with more resources. So I'm trying to give as much um, <laughs> to people as I can. I mean, from that, I had no, I already felt divorce coach was niche. I did not have any clue as to niching even further down into yeah. the specifics. But it does really make sense, doesn't it? Because you can't cover each element and because it's such a sensitive um, time as well, it's got to be protected in that way as well, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. So um, you have also got, um, actually, before we go there, I would like to ask you, what is the most challenging part of being a divorce coach? Because I can imagine it comes with many things. <laughs> um. The most challenging part is, I suppose, is trying to keep people motivated when mm. that process is long and drawn out and they haven't got a lot of control over what is happening. So for those clients that are really struggling through safeguarding and social care proceedings and court proceedings where they are not being heard and you know, the domestic abuse is not being recognised. It's really, it's quite frustrating for me as a professional because I can see it and hear it and like, why don't you get it? <laughs> you know, you professionals, but I, I'm limited, I can't, you know, as to what yeah. I can do. And obviously, you know, some clients are really tearful, really struggling, really kind of feeling quite hopeless sometimes. And I don't have all the answers, you know, and I don't have a magic wand that can, you know, kind of change their situation overnight. Um, so sometimes that can be quite draining for me as a coach and can be a struggle. 
but thankfully, you know, I have got a decent amount of experience that it tends not to kind of impact on me. And it's balanced with, you know, the real positives. You know, I've got clients yeah. that have been, you know, suicidal and really in a really bleak place. And then they'll send me photographs of them happy and smiling and, you know, with really a completely different mindset. Mm within the space of a few weeks perhaps and I'm just like yes <laughs> that's it that's definitely that's the motivation yeah. kind of yeah, side that's of things my motivation. yeah no I mean I just think you know I remember what mine was like and it was tied in with the the whole family court situation as well so it felt really long and drawn out and quite a depressing challenging emotionally stressful traumatic <laughs> any word that is negative positives, is there? no I think the only positive I had was actually the the signature when it finally came to say you know the absolute to be honest but so I can imagine um it, it can be quite difficult you know um actually that's made me think about solicitors so before we go on to the next step where I promise we'll go to um how do how do solicitors take what you do do you know do um clients um tell the solicitor that they've got a divorce coach you know how's how does that relationship work or how how do they take you because sometimes outside services are not are not taken very fondly of are they I'm hoping I'm hoping it's a positive one (laughs) yeah I think you know divorce coaching it is quite new to people um I think the coaching side of things has been going on for a long time in America you know everybody seems to have a coach and a therapist and you know Mm. all of those kind of professionals involved it's quite normal over there but here it's very different um and so we're just starting to put the word out and I think solicitors are starting to recognize that they need to have more of a kind of holistic approach to how they support their clients. And they are also recognising that they aren't the experts in emotionally supporting their clients. You know, the the legal field is their area of expertise, and I would never dream of touching that. Hmm. Um, But they're not the experts in how to motivate somebody and how to, you know, emotionally support them. And actually, if we can kind of work together, that can work really well. You know, Mm -hmm. if I can emotionally support them and help them to feel confident enough to make those decisions, that actually helps the solicitor do their job. Yeah. And it helps them focus on the work that they need to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And it helps their clients progress through. So they are starting to recognise that. And I have a few solicitors now that are really kind of keen on helping their clients have that coaching support while they go through the process. And it works. It works really well. Mm. Um, Sometimes, uh, (laughs) you know, because I'm focused on what my client wants and needs and what is best for them. And so I have to take into account the whole picture. So not just about the court process, but what else is going on in their lives and Mm -hmm. also what they can cope with emotionally. So sometimes they will back down from making an application or they will 
say, no, that's it, I'm done, I don't want to do any more. And the solicitor might be saying, yeah, but you could get a better result if you go back to court or right. if, you know, if you keep the process going. And so sometimes they might get a bit frustrated that the client doesn't continue down that route. But, you know, the client just explains that that's the right decision for them mm. and they have to accept it. So, and, you know, they, they kind of get it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can understand that. And uh, I think sometimes you come into, I mean, you never expect that you're going to end up in divorce when you get married, do you? So you don't necessarily know what it's going to be like when you're trying to exit that relationship and what it is like to go through a divorce until you're brand new into it. And I think, I certainly made a lot of mistakes in the beginning part of working with my solicitor when she was giving suggestions and I was like, no, this is what I want. This is it. This is it. This is it. And uh, she was like, you're going to have to go with three options, you know, to show that you're there to negotiate, to work it out. And this is probably more the family court, but it was, you know, coming up with an A, B and C. Mm -hmm. And I was like, nope. I want A and she was like well you're gonna have to come up with something that's closer to you know another option and there was times where I just you know forced my solicitor and she did the right thing because she was working for me right but actually on reflection if I'd have listened to her I'd have probably gotten a better result in the long run (laughs) Um, or I wouldn't have been in the process for years and I think again with the emotions with the feeling you know all those feelings that come with it how was I going to even recognize that as on my own as an individual and even with my family and friends goading me (laughs) to say that I'm doing the right thing you know it's not it wasn't necessarily the right thing to do so I can understand the pros and the cons to everything really I guess um and I can learn from my mistakes but I, we, we covered this, didn't we, where I said, I wish I'd have heard about divorce coaching, you know, and I hear that you get that quite a bit as well. And so it would be interesting to know how you can reach people that are going through divorce so that they don't have to say the same thing in five, 10 years to come. So how, how, do, how do you get around that then? How do, how do people find a divorce coach? Well, how do people get around, you know, I'm, I'm there saying, I wish I had a divorce coach 10 years ago. How do you reach those people that are potentially going to need one? <laughs> Is yes. it really so, awareness or? Yeah. So some people find me on Instagram, on through Facebook. Um, I kind of post in community groups on Facebook and people find me that way. Then I have clients that recommend their friends and you know, maybe work colleagues that they realise are going through divorce as well and think, oh, actually, Karen could could help her a little bit as well. So a lot of my clients come through word of mouth, to be honest. Um, mm. And, yes, yeah, solicitors recommending that people come and see me. Um, and, you know, I always say just have a chat with me the first time and just see if you think it's for you. If it's not at that point, that's fine. You can always come back if you feel that you need me further down the line. You know, I'm very kind of open to that. It's mm. And I don't have 
a set amount of sessions that people have to have either. So you just kind of like have them as you go, as and when you need them. And your case is never close to me. So once you're on board as a client, I'm here forever if you need me. Because, you know, it can go on for years. Um, you know, as your children grow, you have different challenges that come up or, you know, you might get into another relationship. Hopefully not. That's abusive. You know, hopefully you get into a healthy relationship. But, you know, there may be other things that crop up. So, yeah, if you if you feel that you need a coach, then, you know, just Google divorce coaches, ask your solicitors if they've got any kind of recommendations there's a few coaches that are up on solicitors websites now as well um and diff other different kind of divorce uh websites and forums mm. um so you can find them that way no that's great and uh, the thing that I was going to come to is you've released your first book um, mm. recognition to recovery how to leave your abusive ex behind for good which pretty much sounds like the, there's some synergy with what you do obviously in your experience so can you tell us a bit about that yeah so uh this is the book uh, for everybody that's watching on youtube um so you can get it in 27 different countries now um wow. on amazon books and you can download it on kindle if that's a bit more discreet for you um but it's essentially i wanted to put some of my personal experience in the book but also all of my professional experience and kind of marry that up with the coaching skills and toolkit that i've got and also to share some real life examples from my clients um which are you know all anonymized um but to show people that they're not on their own and to help people go right through that journey. So from recognizing tactics of abusive behavior to understanding how that impacts on you as a person mm. um, to then talking about what options you might have if you want to end that relationship um, at, kind of breaking down all the jargon around, you know, kind of court and what kind of orders you can apply for and what that means. Mm -hmm. so it's really simple, easy to read language. Um, and then right through to recovery. So little kind of bite-sized strategies that are quite small and might seem quite insignificant, but when you put them all together, actually really make a bigger change so that things that help you um that help reduce the impact of your ex's behavior mm. and help you feel more confident about creating a happier life afterwards because that's what you want and that's what everybody deserves and I think people often think that once you've been in an abusive relationship that that kind of defines you as a person but it should never do that. Um, it's part of your life and it's part of your experience, but you absolutely can get past that and you can come out the other side and you can live a perfectly happy life afterwards. So mm. 
that was kind of what I wanted to do with this book was to give people that hope and the the toolkit to get there. Yeah, and I love that you've mentioned about bite-sized, you know, um, especially in the recovery side of things, because we can often overwhelm ourselves. And if we've just gone through an overwhelming experience, we don't want to put pressure on ourselves to get better or to change who we are or put things into place like overnight or within a certain frame of time we need we need to take little things on board and gradually we will get there and I mean even now I still work on myself I've been seven years out of an abusive relationship and I'm still finding things that I need to sort out or to be able to work on or to change a habit that's being created um so I really like the idea of bite-sized so everyone can find that on Amazon yeah um and so everyone can go and check that out but what I'll do is I'll pop the information in um the description on this video and on the podcast episode so if anybody wanted to click through you can just go ahead and click through which is fantastic so that leaves me to say a big thank you for joining us can you just um Tell us quickly what your website is or where people can find that Facebook group you referenced, what it's called. Okay, so uh, my website is just karenkippingcoaching.com. So there's loads of information on there. My Facebook group is actually a private group and nobody gets in that group unless they're invited personally by me because obviously I want it to be a really safe place for people um but if you if you do feel that that facebook group would help you then just feel free to email me uh my email address is on the website and if you just scroll down the front page it'll take you to a form and that will just kind of click through to me and then we can maybe have a conversation or an email chat about that um and you can find me on instagram and linkedin and twitter and Everywhere. all the usual <laughs> all the usual places oh well thank you so much for joining me and for talking about your role as a divorce coach and um your journey to get into that point as well it's been really interesting and insightful and certainly something that i'm going to keep in mind for sorry friends family or any connections if you might go through there I've got the person to direct you to (laughs) so thank you so much Karen and uh yeah I'm, I'm sure we'll speak soon thank you very much thank you it's been lovely to chat to you Once again, a big thank you to Karen for unravelling all of that and answering those questions perfectly. It certainly opened my eyes to what a divorce coach could have done for me during that time of need and perhaps I could have saved money. Who knows? Um, So do get in touch with her if you have any further questions, but thank you, Karen, for, for joining me. And if you're wondering how to find out about Hashtag Abuse Talk, you can head to our website, abusetalk.co.uk and you can find out about our Twitter discussions and obviously listen back on our podcast episodes and if you feel that you have benefited from this episode please do leave us some feedback pass it on to a friend leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to and subscribe to us you've been listening to me Jennifer Gilmore author of Isolation Junction and Clipped Wings both can be found on Amazon or you can head to 
jennifergilmore.com and I will hear you verbally soon, I guess. <laughs> Perhaps not, but thank you for joining me and look forward to the next episode. <laughs>